Welcome to another episode of Just Jerry Live, plotting perspectives in church life with Todd Bryant and Jeff Short. Sounds like that's going to just continually be our normal introduction. Sounds good so far. (laughs) I guess that's all according to who you might ask about that. Well, but, you know, really this is kind of a milestone episode because who would have thought that Just Jerry Live would have made it into its second year, but here we are. (laughs) That's right. And, you know, my mom is listening, so that's, you know, I I have to go hit play for her, (laughs) but uh, I know she's listening. So we have one fan. Uh, I I think she'd wear a t-shirt if we got that going. Hey, well, that, there's an there's an idea right there. We get somebody <laughs> to uh, get a T-shirt with our faces on it, and uh, I'm sure those things will sell good. <laughs> okay, uh, holidays are behind us. Everybody has gained poundage. Uh, everybody's had time off work. Now it's New Year's. Uh, most of the bowl games are over, and people are beginning to look at New Year's resolutions and things that they want to fix in their life. So right. we're talking now about changing your mind. That's what we wanted to focus on today. The question being, should you change your mind? Well, I think you want to start with the alternative of that. What does it mean to not or never change your mind? Well, if you don't change your mind about anything, and by that obviously we mean you know the way that we think about something, Uh, or maybe even a position that we've taken on something. Well, to never change your mind would mean that you're completely right. You know, you know everything you need to know about that subject or issue, whatever it is. And, you know, you have a perfect conviction and place where you are. Absolutely. I can't help but think of a conversation between one of our elders here and his wife years ago when they first got married, they laugh about this now, but he said that she said, uh, you always just want things the way you want them. Of course, his answer was, how else am I going to want them? (laughs) (laughs) But in reality, I I say all that in jest, but there is a specific way that a child of God should want things. And I think that goes along with what you're saying here. We, we should want things however God tells us we should want things. Right. And God's word, his instructions do not change. They are what they are. So what needs to change is our mind. You know, I think to put it in scriptural language, our minds are to be continuously renewed, that our thinking is to be continually transformed from the thinking of worldliness that is natural to us and to be conformed to scriptural thinking or biblical thinking. Well, you know, it's interesting. I I preached this past Sunday out of Luke 10, where Jesus is rejoicing at God's work in the lives of men, his sovereign work in bringing people to understand truth. And we've got a church full of folks from different backgrounds in our church. Thank God for that, by the way. But one of the things that I tried to say going into that sermon was we've got to let go of all of our baggage right now and agree that God's word is correct. And if we're not in line with it, we're wrong. Does that play a part into this discussion? Well, it certainly does. Now, 
I think we do have to be careful because there's a myth and that myth is a myth of neutrality that we can be completely objective or completely neutral. A true neutrality doesn't exist and can't exist. So you should start with certain presuppositions. You know, you, you should make some assumptions when you go to the Word of God. In other words, you should start by assuming that this is the Word of God. So this, is, this Word is all true. And if my thinking doesn't conform to it, then, you know, my thinking is the problem. And that's what needs to be changed. Yeah, I thought for a second when you were speaking of nobody can be totally neutral, you were about to talk about the refereeing at the UCF-LSU game the other day, but I see you went another direction there. You know, speaking of the the danger of thinking we can be completely neutral, Paul tells the church at Ephesus to make sure that they continue to grow in the unity of the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, to complete maturity, working towards the stature and the fullness of Christ, so that they would no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, right? So there is a an understanding that the more that we grow in God's Word, we should be impacted as we look for correction. Is that Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. And, you know, Paul used an image uh, in his letter to uh, 1 Corinthians, and he talked about having the thinking and the understanding of a child and growing to maturity and then thinking like a mature man and putting away that childish sort of thinking. And uh, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 5 talked about that they should have been matured in their thinking. They should be able to handle some harder things that he wanted to write to them, but they weren't. They had dwelled on um, elementary things. And he was, you know, and he frankly told them, you know, you need to go on. You need to make progress in your understanding. And all of that simply comes down again to changing your mind. Okay. So I've been at a Bible conference. You've probably been at a Bible conference where someone pounds the pulpit and with great authority says, I've never changed my opinion on one thing in 40 years of ministry. Is that reasonable? It's not reasonable at all. Obviously, there could be, I guess, some different levels to that discussion. But just think about what a statement like that is saying. You're saying that through study and perhaps even through discussion with someone who maybe knows a little bit more than you do about something, you're saying that you've never been persuaded of your own error to see something in a different light or a different way. And essentially that statement is just saying, I've had perfect understanding from 20 years ago, from 40 years ago, whatever that it is. I've had perfect understanding all that time and therefore have had no need to change. You know, the Bible tells us that the only being that does not change is God. God does not change. He is immutable and he has all knowledge and his knowledge is perfect knowledge. It's complete knowledge. It's full knowledge. There's no wrong thinking with God. There's no new information that needs to be added in order for God to think one way or to think another way. He is immutable. We are not. 
uh, we do not have perfect understanding in this life. And so maybe when someone, if I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, they make that sort of statement and they're just maybe talking about some fundamental doctrine, justification by faith. So I believe justification by faith for 40 years and I've never changed my mind about it. Well, okay. I think that's probably not a good way to put it. Because I would also want to know, do you, in 40 years' time, do you think that you know more or understand better justification by faith than what you did when you were first starting out? You know, and I've also wondered how a pastor who who's preaching a sermon, I assume that he intends to have an effect on people. You preach a text because you believe that text is going to, and I'm specifically meaning at a Bible conference, but this could be an everyday preaching in your own pulpit. You believe that text by the Spirit working through the Word is going to change people and mature them for the better. But when you right. preface such a sermon with, I've never changed anything in 40 years of ministry, aren't you sort of misleading the people about what should happen relative to Bible reading, Bible study, Bible preaching, Bible exposition? I would say that, yeah, that's a very real possibility. And it also seems to go completely against what Paul told Timothy, that he should be making progress, and that progress should be evident to those that he ministers to. I think we both probably would admit that of the times we've heard that, and I've heard that more than once, I doubt the guy meant it the way it came out. Right. That's one of those statements that you need to be really cautious about making, because I think it is very easily misunderstood. Right. What 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 should change our mind? I mean, if 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 we should be open to changing our mind, if if we should be open to being in line with God, what ultimately should be the standard as to whether we change our mind on this or that? Well, God's word is the ultimate standard. That's what we're striving to come into conformity to. That's that's where we want our thinking to line up with. You know, so that's the ultimate standard. Well, you know, obviously we've got several blogs behind us. Like you say, we're in our second year of Just Jerry, which is just amazing. All the raving support and reviews that we've received. And we, we've had, you know, blogs on preaching the word, what it means to preach the word. We've had blogs on reading. We've had blogs on reading your Bible through in a year. Isn't there a foundation here that we're trying to get people to think about that's that's all ultimately based on the text of scripture. Oh, absolutely. That has to be the standard. I mean, anything else is going to be subjective. You know, anything else is going to be less. The word of God has to be that standard and I think some of the language of some of the Baptists down through history have talked about it being the rule of faith and practice. That this is the final authority of everything that we believe and of everything that we do. And there's a reason why when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, he said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we need to be changed by every chapter, every verse from Genesis to Revelation. And if we come right. across sections that disagree with us, we need to be man enough to say, I, I, I've been wrong. Right. Now, it may not always be that, that we're wrong. Maybe we just aren't exactly looking at things from the proper perspective, or maybe we're putting too heavy of an emphasis on one facet of a, a discussion and not quite enough on another. 
I know one of the things that uh, an elder here said a few months ago that has resonated with some of the people, this sounds real simple, but I think people haven't thought about it on these terms. God is always 100% sovereign and man is always 100% responsible to God. And those things seem to be at attention a little bit in our minds, but you have to give equal time to those things. And that's my point. If we only give time to the sovereignty of God and never to the responsibility of man, we'll probably have a little bit of a skewed idea relative to that. And if we reverse it and we only talk about man's responsibility and never talk about God's sovereignty, we're probably going to be skewed in a different way. Sometimes it's not that our position is wrong, per se. It's just not well balanced. And we need to fix that. that. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think uh, history obviously bears that out. Anytime that we get overly focused on one particular aspect of something, we tend to exaggerate it and, you know, we end up distorting the truth at some point by doing that. Okay, so it's New Year's resolution time. People are making resolutions. They're they're going to change their eating habits. They're going to change their exercise routine. We hope they change their reading habits based on the last blog that we put out. But what we're saying today is that it is okay to change if you need changing. And whatever you change in needs to be in more uniformity with God's word and less with your own preconceived baggage from your past. Is that what we're trying to say here? Yeah, and I would say that it's even more than just okay, it's necessary. If our thinking is out of line in some way, it's necessary for it to be changed. It's necessary for it to be brought into line. If you have a terrible diet and you're having a lot of health problems and you go to the doctor and, you know, your cholesterol is this and your blood pressure is that and everything else. And, you know, the doctor just tells you, you know, you need to change your lifestyle, you need to change your eating habits, you need to change whatever. Well, you could say, well, you know, the the doctor can't really force you to do that. And that's true. But also he's, you know, what he's telling you is true. And it's not just okay as if, you know, well, it's an option, you know, I could change or or not change. Well, to not change, you know, you're actually going against wisdom. You're, You're going against all sound reason. So not only is it okay to change, but you should change. And so it's, it's very similar in a way when we come to the Word of God. We realize that uh, I like I think the way Paul describes it there in Romans twelve gives us the idea that our you know our minds need renewing. There's just a natural bent to our minds, and you can see that very evidently in the book of Proverbs. You know, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. So even even from birth, we just have a natural bent toward folly and away from wisdom. And so we need to be renewed. We need to be changed. And a lot of what Proverbs teaches you about acquiring wisdom, a lot of it has to do with correction. It's correcting your way. It's it's reproving your way. It's pointing out and showing you, you know, where you have been wrong and where your thinking has been wrong. So, yeah, I think that is what we're saying. It's it's not only that you can, but that you should, that that is reasonable. It's it's healthy. It's maturing. And I believe it's even biblical. How common Is it for people to believe that they were the only ones brought up in a proper view of Scripture and God and everything? I mean, doesn't everybody pretty much believe that coming up in their younger years? Well, and you go back to the book of Proverbs, you know, and all the ways of man are right in his own eyes. 
you know, everyone thinks that they think correctly. You know, we don't usually just walk around think, you know, oh, my thinking is a mess. Uh, you know, I, I need to change that. No, we, we think that we're, we're thinking correctly. And it could be just that we've not been taught or it could be that we've refused uh, what we have been taught. But I think that's just generally true. We think we're right. The way I heard a man put it one time is, is that I always think I'm right, but I don't think that I'm always right. <laughs> and I think that's a pretty good way to look at it. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, you and I came up completely differently as far as church goes. Uh, we've got completely different backgrounds. And I'm certain that we both carry baggage with us from those backgrounds. But I do hope, and I think more than ever, and hopefully 15 years from now, it'll be more then, that we do approach the scripture wanting to be in more conformity with it than than we ever have been. At some point, you have to realize, okay, I'm thankful for the upbringing that I had. I'm thankful for my parents. I'm thankful they took me to church. I'm thankful for what I learned, but I don't have it all right. But the scripture's right. And if I get into the scripture, which by the way, again, as we said last time, this is a great time to start that. But if I get Absolutely. into the scripture, I can be more right than I am right now, for sure. Yeah, that's true. And that's, I mean, that's just growth. That's maturity. Amen. You got anything else you want to add? Well, I, the only thing I guess we really haven't talked about when it comes to changing your mind is I think one of the things that maybe frightens people in this regard is to think about someone that's fickle, you know, they're to use a, a biblical term, they're double minded. Paul said in his letter to the Ephesians, he talked about not being, you know, blown around with every wind of doctrine. And there are certainly people like that. Every book they read totally changes their thinking or every sermon they hear or every conversation that they have or, you know, whatever. And it just seems like they're always bouncing around from this to that, to, you know, to the other thing. Well, that that's what the Bible describes as being double minded. And the response to that is not to never change your mind. But as Paul wrote uh, his letter to the Ephesians, the response to that is to be grounded in sound doctrine and matured uh, in your understanding and your thinking. Absolutely. And if you've ever raised a teenager, you know what it's like to hold two different opinions within the next uh, 10 minutes. It's just how it goes, you know, of course. I'm glad you went teenager. I think you could have took that a different direction, but uh, I'm glad that you went teenager. Well, I, I, don't, uh, I don't need to get in any more trouble than I probably just got in mentioning teenagers. But <laughs> it's true, you know, you, you talk to people, these, these may even be people in church leadership, maybe a teacher or even maybe somebody behind the pulpit. Every book is completely received that they read. I mean, every book they read is completely received and therefore they, they do change their position And But I think if we get back to this basic Bible reading, staying in touch with the scripture, being in a church right. where the Bible is being methodically preached verse after verse after book after book, the likelihood that you are easily swayed will decrease over time. That's true. Right. And I think the if you go back to the example of Paul going to Berea, I think that's Acts 17, but uh, Luke commends them as being noble in the way that they received the word. And so they heard Paul out. But then he also says that they were daily searching through the scriptures themselves to see whether or not what Paul was saying was true. And that's really what we have to do. If we're going to grow in our understanding, we can't just passively receive preaching and teaching and 
and what have you. We we have to be reading that word for ourselves. Obviously, on, we're going to continue to promote reading your Bible daily and trying to work through the whole Bible in a year, you know, with a reading plan to help keep you on track. But you you need to be reading that word, getting that word in you and hearing preaching and then, you know, studying and searching the scriptures. And, and these are the ways biblically that we should be changing our minds. So when when we work through that process and we get to the point where we see that our thinking has has either been incomplete or maybe it's even just been wrong in the way that we've looked at something, then we certainly should change our mind. The church members here that read their Bible on a regular basis, methodically, a lot, not a verse a day, uh, you know, chapters a day, they are the folks that are more open to change, but they are cautiously open to change because they know what the Bible says. But they know enough right. about the scripture and the reading of scripture to realize they don't know it all. They're that's something I think that I've learned throughout my years of reading the Bible is that I learned something that I didn't didn't know or didn't think I knew every day almost. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny. How it that is. Works. It is. Even if you're in the pastorate and have been for twenty years, you're it's still learning. There still should be progress. If a guy's been preaching. 40 years. If he's been saved 60 years, there should be progress in his life. Right. All right. So we have gone from our shortest Just Jerry to pretty average in length. You have anything more to add? Well, I think our overall goal for Just Jerry Live was, you know, just to be pretty average. So that sounds like yeah, we're, we're right, right there. And apparently people love that. <laughs> and well, they do based on the overwhelming response that we that received. That is which- correct. Mostly comes in the form of, uh, you know, fawning praise. And it can get embarrassing at times, but um, we're not going to tell anybody to stop. Hope you enjoy the uh, broadcast. Hope that you learn to change cautiously, but always in conformity with God's Word. Y'all have a great day.